now. Now. It's time for your VO news served piping hot and fresh. Gather round. It's time for the voiceover cafe. Well, welcome back, gang. It's good to have the voiceover cafe crew back together again. We've all been traveling a little bit. The show's kind of been on a little hiatus for a while, right? Woohoo! Yeah. Oh, yes. At least most of the group. I, I did get a note a little while ago that Terry Daniel has quit the voiceover cafe. Did you guys get that? Yeah, mm. I got the memo. Yeah. Yep. Did he quit the Sad. business totally. He actually sent me a letter in the mail. He did. Oh wow. Yeah. And it all stems from this new religion he's part of that doesn't allow the internet. Is that is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And he's built a new recording setup uh, using, I think, potatoes and hamsters. <laughs> wow. Okay, we're just kidding about that part. Terry couldn't be here yeah. for the cafe, so uh, my name is Sean Caldwell, kind of hosting today along with Trish. Yay! Hi! We have Peter Bishop here. Hi, guys. Matt Colrick, the Australian that lives in Canada that does a lot of work in the U.S. It's Colrick. Colrick. Sorry, Matt Colrick. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and it's good to sit down with everybody and uh, enjoy some time at the cafe. Yeah, I got my chai latte. I-, I think we should actually make an effort here to protect from the literal net and state clearly that uh, Terry had a last minute gig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in the business. He's alive and well and hasn't gone off on some weird cult tangent. No. <laughs> Would anybody really believe that? Yes. <laughs> Potatoes well, and hamsters? Maybe from Terry Daniel. as far as I was concerned. <laughs> We've already got a few emails yeah, that are coming through. Oh yeah. boy. So yeah, out of all of us, Terry is doing a gig right now. We're all taking a little bit of a break because we like to get together and socialize. Yeah, might as well record it while we're doing it, right? Absolutely right. We all had national gigs that we turned down for this show. We're here. Yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) So we we got to see uh, a lot of other VO talent just a couple months ago at FAF Camp, yes? Yay, FAF Camp. That was a great time out in San Antonio. Yeah, all of our friends were there, and some new friends were there, a lot of people newer to the business, as FAF Camp does, they kind of open it up to a a wider net uh, for people, not just pros, like for FAFCon, so I I really enjoyed FAF Camp too, I like the... uh, the, the difference in the format, it's already, everything's kind of predetermined. All the sessions are, are pre-scheduled and all the, the session leaders are all, all decided before the event, which is different from FAFCON. And, and I, I really had a great time. Yeah, and well, I should add here, because they're too modest to do it, there were two main stage presenters at FAFCAMP. Um, Sean and Trish, who both <laughs> happen to be here. Look at that. So, uh, That's awesome. hey, it's what do you guys talk about? Here, you know. Oh, well, uh, Sean. So my session was talking about how we set our rates as talents. And if we are professional voiceover talents, we should be expecting to charge professional rates and have the confidence to ask for them. And then I gave a bit of a survey that, uh, that I had done of eh, 20 or so professional VO talent. And what they had said, they're able to charge what the market is paying for radio commercials, TV commercials, industrials, non-broadcast, e-learning. Um, all that kind of stuff. So we, we covered it, and it was uh, it was kind of enlightening for some people, I think, I hope. Oh, it definitely was. Yeah, a lot of people got a lot out of it. So um, And your yeah, session rocked, too. Thank you. Yeah, I talked about a bunch of different things, but it was mostly kind of lead generation um, and how to how to get new new leads and, and kind of, I guess it was sort of like a marketing session, but it was it kind of covered all aspects. I talked about postcards and business cards and uh, what I call physical marketing is when you go to a networking event and you actually represent yourself physically um, at an event and, you know, talking at meetups and... Uh, 
I talked to a lot about LinkedIn mm-hmm. specifically, which has been very beneficial for me recently and is really blowing up. Uh, just a lot more people are using LinkedIn now. So, yeah, so it was a great session. I mean, I'm, I'm not the, the world's best, you know, polished public speaker, but um, a lot of people told me that content was good and I really enjoyed doing it. So um, thanks to Amy Snively for uh, choosing both of us to, uh, to speak. It was awesome. I mean, outside of your wardrobe malfunction, my other favorite part was um, you got up and you, you had a really memorable line. I hope you remember saying it. You said, imagine getting up in the morning and not hoping that you would have three or four auditions to do during the day, but having five or six jobs to do. And you talked mm-hmm. about how you've built your career and how you've uh, been prospecting for people so that you have five and six jobs to do every single day. It was really, it was quite, quite good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was my opener because it's, you know, it seems to me that most of the VOs that I talk to feel like they're auditioning all day long. Yeah. And, you know, they're they're having to audition for every job that they book. And I don't, I, that just doesn't happen to me. I've, I've, you know, I don't know if maybe my marketing techniques have been, you know, a little different, but I, I get on rosters for production companies and ad agencies, and then they just, you know, you get on enough of them and you have people... You know, just contacting you with a script. Most of the emails that I get in the morning are, you know, somebody emailing me going, Hey Trish, here's the script. How much and when can you have it done? Awesome. And it's I'm I've already booked it, you know, yep. they're just waiting for me to, to send it over. So auditioning for me has you know, is, is something I do occasionally through my agents but I should I should do it more but uh, most of the jobs that I book I don't even have to audition custom audition for you know so Love I was it. trying to share that kind of information it was nice you know the, the yeah, one the one thing I noticed it, it seems like there was the convention season like we had Faf camp there was Vio mm-hmm. Atlanta there was Wovocon I, I wanted to go to all of them I, I couldn't go to all of them but did you guys get that sense that like they're they're a little bunched up yeah Personally, I'm a a little concerned with the proliferation of these conferences. I I think there is... A lot of people are looking at them as uh, money-making endeavors. And I've got no problem with someone building a product that's good value uh, that people pay for. No problem at all. It's just that I think the, the market is getting flooded now. And the problem is, the upshot is, there are too many to choose from. And you have to be selective now. Otherwise, you could go to six, seven, eight conferences a year. Right. Mm-hmm. Matt, you went to Wovocon, right? I did, yeah. Tell us yeah, about it. Was, it was really wonderful. Um, and I think there's a lot of spirit that has carried on from, from Fafcon. I don't think the uh, the organizers of Wovocon would mind me saying that. Like, it's it's definitely got that, that same sort of vibe and sense of community. That- Familial, I've been using... Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 definitely there, and uh, there was a a really uh, warm atmosphere of, of sharing, and the focus was, I guess, more on um, planned, pro- like set programming, similar to to Faf Camp. Um, it wasn't as impromptu as as Fafcon usually is, uh, and also the uh, another part of Wovocon is that it was put forward as a shareholders meeting. Right. Ah. So mm-hmm. all of us kind of gather and uh, discuss where the organization is, is heading. And, uh, yeah, there were a lot of really great sessions, and there were a bunch of people from uh, L.A. that, that showed up uh, because it was, it was set in Vegas, so it's a, a little, little bit of a, an easy trip from California. Yeah, drive uh, through the that, desert. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so that was, that was really nice. And uh, I, I ended up 
leading a couple of sessions, they had uh, put me on CRM, so Nimble nice. is, mm-hmm. is the one that I use, and I led a session on that and uh, sort of CRM in general. Did you know you were leading and, that before the conference started, or was it kind of decided at the beginning of the conference who was doing what? No, no, we knew beforehand. Right. Yeah, um, and then there were actually some open time slots for pickup sessions, or um, what, what do we call them at Fafcon, or, or, or just you know, just like an impromptu session, just breakouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, breakouts, yeah, breakout yeah. session. Mm-hmm. So I was s- sort of struck by inspiration to lead a session on something that I've been uh, sitting on for a while just about how we are currently charging for internet work, like how we structure our rates and negotiations for internet work. And um, really, up until now, it's been lumped in with non-broadcast. And uh, now that's all changing, and we're seeing YouTube pre-roll ads and uh, just timed ads that, that come on when you've been watching content online. And then you've got, of course, uh, Hulu and, and all those other internet streaming Media oh, and and uh, Pandora and Spotify as well. And so I led a session on how we kind of all need to start thinking differently about that and some of the, the research I've been doing and it, it turned into a really lively and uh, very illuminating discussion. Mm-hmm. So that's a good tie-in with uh, uh, Sean's stuff from FAFCAMP, which is all about empowering people in the industry to know what the rates are and to know their worth uh, and don't get told oh, that's only worth $100, when really it's a five, six, seven, eight hundred $800 gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's right. empowering. But there's one other point I can't let go here, as uh, Matt was uh, such a good feed man there, although it wasn't planned. Um, I should <laughs> let it be known, I am actually on the executive board of World Voices. I was going to say. I couldn't make it to um, WovoCon this year because of a previous engagement. But I was there last year, and I'll wholeheartedly agree with everything Matt said and the, the feedback I got I was like oh damn it I wish I could have been there but uh, I just couldn't so I'm going to put in a plug for world voices in general here and if anyone on this call isn't a member <laughs> uh-huh, well why don't you know names fish why don't you tell our listeners just in case they don't know what wovo is very briefly um we set ourselves up as a advocacy group for voices for voice artists it's all about training, mentoring, knowing your worth in the marketplace. An industry association. We're currently touching on 400 members, um, mm. some very notable ones as well. So we're rolling along nicely. It, there's going to be a lot of focus, and there is a lot of focus on education of the membership. And this is why I'm so happy to hear about these recent discussions about rates and knowing your worth. We have no ability to police and say this is good, this is bad when it comes to vendors. That, that's not our role. But what we want to do is give people the information and the ability to make these decisions for themselves. We have a mentoring program in place. So anyone that's uh, maybe an associate member. Now, an associate member is someone who hasn't had the prerequisite number of professional level and paying jobs. Where an associate can make an appointment for a, a session with one of the pros that has volunteered and totally free talk about whatever they need to talk about. So mm-hmm. we, we offer this uh, both uh, professional level, professional to professional and professional to associate. So if someone wants to know about something like what's the best way of doing my accounting as a, a solo entrepreneur, we've got people that have put their hand up for offering mentoring on bookkeeping and accounting 
or marketing or technique or demo production or, or whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So there's cool. my little plug. What's the uh, what's the website? World-Voices.org. Okay. Very nice. Cool. Thanks. Any new technology that you guys have been using or hearing about or wanting to try? I hear Trish has bought some old technology. Hey, <laughs> it still works. No, it's really good. It, it, it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Um, yeah, I'm uh, just uh, probably by the time this is released, I'll have it. But uh, uh, in a couple of days, uh, early next week, I'm going to be having ISDN installed. Yes. So, um, yay! So I was able to get it uh, at a very good price. Uh, I live in New Jersey, and so nor the Northeast is still... Yeah, I mean, in, at least in the VO community, it, it's still a thriving area to, to have it, and a lot of people are still using it. So I'm, uh, it's taken me forever. I can't believe I've, you know, I've been in this business for over a decade, and I'm just getting it now. But I still think there's several years left in, you know, people using the technology, and until they completely phase it out, I might as well take advantage of it. So I got a really good deal on a box, and a really good deal on the installation, and and the and the monthly fee and I'm just going to go for it. So I'm very excited to get my Telocephyr uh, early next week. Yeah, I think you're good for five years at least. Uh, I think, think Eric yeah. Shepard said, I've had my suit laid out for ISDN's funeral for 10 years now. And it's, <laughs> it's still laying there. I, I personally, I think, I could be proved wrong, I think you've got a good five years before studios start taking it out mm -hmm. so, yeah yeah I, I mean I, as I, long as they still keep providing the service and people are still making money you know the the hardware is you know as long as the hardware still works i think people are gonna gonna use it yeah very nice um anybody anybody else using new toys audient id 22 for me oh no, so new sound love card it. love it mm. love it love it tell us about it oh he's got lots of knobs and dials <laughs> <laughs> and switches and things shiny things yeah uh, no what I like about it is you've got some pretty comprehensive uh, interfacing on there so I can actually bring in the digital channel if I need to which I do from the other computer if I yes I'm a tech head we need Jordan here for this nice um, <laughs> the preamps are extremely clean which is the way I like them because um, if I want to add colour I'll, I'll slap my DBX in the chain which I haven't used for ages or I'll do it in post, but I like a very clean preamp, um, some good monitoring. I just heard so many good reports about it, tried it, and um, love it. Nice. What, what does it cost? I mean, I was, um, I think it was about seven. Okay. Six and a half, seven, something like that. What actually prompted me to do it? I was extremely happy with my Apogee Duet um, original mm. model. But I recently changed out my old Cheese Grater Mac Pro, which had been plugging away beautifully since 2006 for one of the new iMacs, and I lost the FireWire interface. And I didn't want to use a FireWire to whatever conversion, so I just thought I need a new USB interface, and that jumped out at me. Yeah, it seems like on most of the new machines, no more FireWire, right? Yeah. Hmm. It, it's a pain, but there you go. Hey, I didn't need an excuse to spend money. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tax write-off, right? And I can make, just make another callback to something uh, Trish said. Um, I recently uh, dumped all my P2P accounts, and I don't spend my time auditioning anymore. I'm getting booked off my reel more. I've spent more time going to production houses, and I'm just going to reinforce everything Trish said there. Um, I'm getting booked off my reels all the time with production houses and agents. So dumping pay-to-plays was the 
biggest time saver in my life. Mm-hmm. You have graduated. Brent. I have. <laughs> yeah. I, am pr- I have a little diploma with a wax seal on the bottom and yep. everything. Yeah. Graduating from the pay to plays. It should be a goal for everybody. Yeah. I would say that there is. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that there is work for, for niches uh, that's, that's found in the pay to plays that is sometimes not found via other sources. And I, like, I've spent a lot of time doing direct marketing and getting booked from repeat clients and, and demos is definitely a piece of my pie. And I ditched a number of the pay-to-plays and I would still classify real-time casting as a pay-to-play uh, in terms of how that model works. But they do things a little differently. Um, they've, they've got a focus towards union work and um, it's, it's usually very unique opportunities that you won't see through uh, voice bank agents or, or even like the auditions that go out to, to general agents. So mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there's been a lot on there and I've, I've booked a, a bunch of work on real-time casting. Hmm. And then the site Bidalgo, I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have I've ever spent any there. time on there. Yep. Yeah, I get, uh, I get some pretty interesting gigs through there that I just wouldn't have access to because those jobs are coming from uh, producers that don't speak a lot of English. Um, and then there's that, that whole cultural barrier between me and that producer. So what the pay-to-play has done, I see, is uh, kind of manage that cultural difference and you know deal with all the, the vernacular and then feed that opportunity through to me. I just do an audition or have my demo there and then that's the way that it gets booked. Yeah. Mm, okay. this, this is where Matt and I are fairly similar. Um, I'm a niche talent in the States and being in the right time zone is... Uh, because you're never going to get London and LA in the same business hours. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if, if anyone uh, wants an Australian, you do Australian, don't you, Matt? Uh, I can kind of fake it. Yeah, tell my way through it. Um, <laughs> yeah. To be in the US time zone as a niche talent is, is a very marketable thing. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Well, maybe no, Trish and I need to work on our accents a little. Yeah, <laughs> right. Trish does oh, a pretty good New Jersey. <laughs> and you know what? I'll, I'll say a trend that I've kind of noticed um, coming through is it's not just about the specific accents anymore, uh, like British and Australian and uh, South African and, and all that. It's also becoming about the non-specific accent and uh, mm-hmm. what's sometimes known as mid-Atlantic. Uh, yep. I get calls for transatlantic, uh, you know, all sorts of... Transatlantic? That's a new one. There's is a lot it? of generic European as well. So you come That's from right. somewhere in Europe, but they don't want to give away where. Yeah. What's and the difference, it, Matt, between transatlantic and mid-Atlantic? Yeah, I was thinking, is transatlantic, like, pretend you're on a boat in the middle of, you know, what is that? Of the ocean? Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's really just coming down to, uh, you know, semantics or, or naming conventions. Um, but I, I think transatlantic is, is a little more what Bish was saying, like vaguely European. All right. You know, I've heard like intercontinental. I booked a job uh, last week that was subcontinental English. And all of these things, <laughs> I, I said this the other week, that it's kind of in the ear of the beholder, I think. Like, uh, you know, it's what they perceive to be global English. And if you uh, hit that mark with uh, an American accent that's blended with an Australian accent, then uh, that might be what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. This sounds very much like when I'm watching some American programs on the TV and someone says to me, where do they come from? And the only answer is, everywhere. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a brogue of some description. They can't decide whether they're Northern English, Irish, Scottish, Welsh, but it's it's all over the place yep. sometimes. It's an yeah. interesting I accent. Yes. Yeah, the the Mid Atlantic I've been asked for m- more so recently, and for a while I really had a hard time with it because I'm like, I'm American, I like my R's, <laughs> yeah. and that is really what that that's what gives us away as for the American accent, and that's usually when you're working for a European client, that's what they want you to dial back, and mm-hmm. that they, they're always telling me you sound too American. Well, you hired me, so I, I mean, you know, you heard my demo, you hired me, but then they, you know, they they say you sound too American so I just dial back the R's and I found that a good reference was some of the older movies the Amer- even the, the older American movies like Humphrey Bogart era uh, Cary Grant yes, yes. darling yeah. that sounds absolutely splendid you know. Right, it's and it's it's idea. not English, but it's not American either. So it's as in British English, and so it, there's really you kind of just dial back the R's, but it's almost like you kind of want to hold your head up high and just talk like this, you know. And it's like it, it's very proper, but it's the R's are just dialed back a little bit. And I found that that has me booking. Like I actually have a Mid Atlantic demo now because mm-hmm. I've been asked for it uh, several times, and and I've booked a few. Nice. Nice. Um, so, yeah, but I found if anybody's having a hard time kind of, you know, uh, sounding that way, um, that's a great reference is to watch some old clips of, of movies that uh, came from that era that really kind of emulate that, you know, that type of style that that's they're looking good for. Tip. The tip that I've given a couple of times is uh, also to just do a foreign accent crappily but consistently. <laughs> You do it. You do a bad accent, but you do it consistently. Mm-hmm. So you know the the rules for pronunciation, the the vowel sounds. You want to try to keep them the same. Um, but uh, yeah, I've I've done that with like my South African accent is is not good. Um, but I've booked work doing kind of like a hybrid South African British, probably a bit of Australian as well, mm-hmm. like the, a hybrid accent. A confused mm-hmm. world traveler. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the, the one I have trouble with, which is fairly much, I have no idea where that comes from, is the Israeli accent. You get a hint of everywhere, because it's such a melting pot, and it's... um, And a little hint of Hebrew with the occasional that has to go in there? (laughs) Yeah, the Russian sounds. The occasional clearing of the throat, which you need for a Dutch accent, of course. Yeah, Mm -hmm. accents are fascinating. (laughs) Speaking of accents, anybody traveling over the summer, getting anywhere interesting? I... Probably I'm going to go to L.A. sometime in July. I haven't been there. I, I did not go to Voice 2014, and so I have not been there since I was there last at Voice 2012. And um, I was usually going out several days beforehand to spend with friends that live out there um, before the conference started. But I didn't go last year, so I'm kind of kind of missing some of my friends. So I think I'm going to go and see Yenny, my, my girlfriend Yenny, who mm. is also in, uh, you guys uh, know, from our VO circles. So yeah, I'm going nice. to probably do that. And that's, uh, that's about it for now. Sweet. Cool. How about you guys? I'm, um, uh, obviously, pro- there's, there's going to be um, uh, wherever FAFCON is. But before <laughs> that, I think I'm taking... A trip or two to the Pacific Northwest. Oh, Just like as, as north as Victoria? Um, probably not far from you. So I may lob some things over the border and say there are a bar <laughs> close by. <laughs> Very nice. 
Uh, beginning of June, I'll head up to Atlanta. I spend the summers north of Atlanta near Lake Lanier and looking forward to that part, taking uh, some of the kiddos up. And then uh, my oldest child, Chelsea, she's going off to college, so it'll be the, it'll be the last summer I get to see her, and then she'll be off to college. Wow. wow. Yeah. You've got plans, so plans for a room? <laughs> you know? We're probably aren't in. doing much this summer. Um, of course, there's Fafcon coming up a bit later in the year, but um, we're, I'll, I'll probably just hang about uh, on on the island and uh, and take it pretty easy. We just bought a house, so you know we're oh yeah, we're lay, congrats, laying it's low in the <laughs> and in that area. It's it's uh, you know it's it's pretty nice around the summer. So I'll probably I'll try to go off the grid for maybe a week um, to just you know get on a on a camping trail or something like that. But yeah, no. No distant trips, I think. Nice. Mm, great. Yeah, it should be a good summer. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to finding that location for FAF Camp, where it's going to be. Or, sorry, FAF Con, where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Anybody want to guess? Know when, I want to... I'm hope, I'm, I think it's going to be Denver. Yeah, I've heard that. Well, that's yeah. the popular vote. I mean, that may mean nothing. Is that because a lot of people want to enjoy some of the culture that happens specifically in Colorado? Or <laughs> the, they have something the mountains? to do with it. Um, but actually, if you, if, you, if you put stick pins in a map of where uh, FAF events have been, it's logical. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of smack in the center. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, and it's an it's area... It's a great city. Yes, yeah. So, I really want to go Apart from getting short of breath all the time because it's so... Damned high. It's true, but I, I have mean, a good hair I mean, day elevated. every day. Ah, yes. It, because the, the humidity is so low that you just have an awesome hair day all the time. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe that's something else going for it then. Nice. It's, and it's and a jo- great city. And Jordan could just drive there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's in, uh, yeah, he's not far. Nice. Actually, the so. other one that I wouldn't mind because I've never seen the city is uh, Salt Lake. Ah, I was just out mm-hmm. there, I think, in February, having a nice time uh, skiing. Mm, nice. Oh, it's oh, beautiful. There, there are warmer there. ways to break legs. <laughs> 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 oh, jeez. Yeah, the uh, national parks out there are beautiful, too. Uh, yeah. Diane Majapinto uh, sent me this amazing photography book of uh, one of the national parks nearby where she lives. And it's, oh, unreal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's this mountain, the mountains and stuff. What are that? The, is that the Northern Rockies or the mm. Northern Sierra Nevadas? Maybe uh, uh, the wa- the Wasatch Front. Range. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't Wasatch. know. You've got an Australian and a Brit on the <laughs> here. I mean, seriously, this one's on you, Sean. You know, you know the thing that was really interesting about my time out there. I, I did bring my portable rig. I did a fair amount of work from uh, from the room. Um, I, I fight with pretty nasty allergies a lot of the year. I'm I'm in Florida. Um, I really seemed to be a lot clearer when I was in Utah. And I, I don't know if it was just, mm. you know, maybe by chance or maybe it was an allergic deal that I, that I just had no issues there. But I found that kind of interesting. Or maybe it was just getting all dried out and having the extra resonance and raspiness from being all dry. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It could be just the humidity difference and the, and the elevation. But it sure was nice. Beautiful, beautiful area. Yeah. So as we wrap things up, uh, if you're listening to this podcast somewhere, I hope you're subscribing to the VoiceOver Cafe. If you haven't subscribed, take your iPhone or your Android device or whatever you're on and uh, and subscribe. We have a, an RSS feed that as soon as the podcast appears, boom, it'll download right for you. So it's right on the page. And you can see it's voiceovercafe.org slash feed slash podcast. And we've started to get a fair amount of correspondence, most of it saying, when the heck are you going to do another show? Uh, mm-hmm. but, but some other questions and things, we're going to cover some of those next time. So if you have a question or something that... Uh, you know, topic-wise that you guys would like us to cover, there is a way to contact us. You just click on that, or you can send us an email right from the site. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. If you send it to staff at voiceovercafe.org, we all get it. Yep. So if you want to complain about me or want to just, you know, don't do that one. Then just email the other people directly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll deal with it. <laughs> no. No, I love um, letters. <laughs> Wait, love letters or you love letters? <laughs> no, no, no love letters. Oh, no love letters. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because we're all going to read them. Um, yeah, I, I, li- exactly, I listen to the yeah. podcast in prison all the time. I would really like to meet all of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the private emails I get all the time. Being the only chick on the show, it's kind of hey, like. <laughs> hey, I get them as well. Oh, you just described really? my client base. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sean, for for filling in and uh, for for Terry. And we probably will have Terry back on the on the next episode. But we thank everybody for for tuning in again. Uh, we're at voiceovercafe.org. Thank you. And and actually, this is officially Matt Colrick's first episode with us Yay! <laughs> and you've been on board for a very long time now but we we welcome you to our first broadcast with you and hopefully um you know matt's our new kind of creative director slash program director so we thank you for all your organizational skills because some of us are lacking just a tad in that area which is why we have you on board so it's my pleasure i think the other interesting thing with that with myself Jordan, who was a closet Canadian, and uh, Matt, the, the foreigners, outnumber the Americans. <laughs> it's yes. true. You guys are taking over. We, we it's have a hip-hop to go world. with our uh, uh, international appeal here. <laughs> we can all get along, I promise. Yeah. All right, gang. Well, thanks so much for coming together for the VoiceOver Cafe. We appreciate you guys listening, too. And so uh, thanks, Trish, Bish, Matt, and uh, unfortunately missing Jordan and Terry, but we'll look forward to having them with us next time on the VoiceOver Cafe. See you guys. That's a wrap on another episode of the VoiceOver Cafe. This is Sean Caldwell. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out other riveting episodes at voiceovercafe.org.